the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today, uh, and we are uh, in for a great treat. Um, we, First of all, of course, I want to... Uh, say hi, introduce my partner in justice, Miss Benita Hopkins. Hello, everyone. And yes, we are excited. We're excited. Again today. That's right. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving last week. We have so much to be thankful for. We do have some pretty major announcements today as well um, as it relates to our show and some things that we're going to be doing. So we have with us Reverend John Chandler Cleveland, who is an international conference speaker and um, has served as a senior pastor for over 20 years. Um, he's he's has oversight over ministries in North and South America and um, just has a wealth of knowledge um, that is infused with the prophetic and he's got some really interesting insight that he's going to be talking to us about specifically around the issue of racial reconciliation. Welcome Reverend Cleveland. Thank you. Great to be with you. Yes. Um, so I, you know, first off, I'm looking at your bio picture and it looks like you guys are in Hawaii somewhere. Are you and your wife? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it just makes me want to like jump right in there with you guys. And <laughs> so it looks like you make time for fun too, huh? <laughs> we try to schedule that. Yes. That is so important. That is so important. Um, well, I am so grateful to have you on the show. Um, I, I'm just reading through here that you've, you've founded a nonprofit organization called Global Impact Group Inc., GG, right? Is that how you pronounce it, GG? Yes. Okay, great. And um, and this nonprofit trains leaders around the world in, in, in understanding healthy and vibrant relationships in all sectors of society, which is sort of, you know, goes hand in hand with having, being an expert in this area of racial reconciliation, right? We like to do our best. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me about, so I understand that you've done um, a couple presentations for, uh, you know, churches throughout the Bay Area um, at Gateway uh, City Church, at um, Bridges, and a variety of others um, where you are talking about this issue. And I know uh, my old church, Faith Fellowship, just had an, a, a series uh, on racial reconciliation. It seems to be um, sort of bubbling up all over the place. Also, uh, Jack Bryson, uh, my cousin, is uh, 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 spearheading something called Barbershop um, Talk mm-hmm. with law enforcement um, in Richmond and Palo Alto and Oakland, East Palo Alto and Oakland. And, and so this this is really very timely. And I'm wondering, you know, obviously all of the things that are going on in our country right now are have kind of pressed this up to the surface. Um, but uh, I'm so grateful for the churches that are now making a, a space for this. Are you seeing an increase in requesting of your time? A little bit, not as much as I 
hope and dream uh, to see, to be honest with you, but we're, you know, trying to be hopeful. Uh, it, it, is, it is an issue that has been forced onto the table, but it's a hot potato issue, and, and people uh, have to be ready to go all the way with this. I mean, have to be ready to wrap their heart around it and see if we can become one uh, in the church and also one in society so that we can treat each other, each other respectfully and honorably and with dignity. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that, you know, it's interesting because I think as people, sometimes um, we compartmentalize and we don't connect our, our Christian Christianity back to um, this this racial issue or the need to have some racial reconciliation. We kind of compartmentalize those two. Um, and I and I don't think that we can. Right. God is speaking to the whole person. He is absolutely. And, and you know, the the indictment against the church is very, very, very pungent and prophetic. I mean, Jesus, uh, Jesus is spoken of in um, in the book of Acts and, and he's praying what we call the high priestly prayer. Mm-hmm. And he says, Lord, make them one, referring to the church, make them one as we are one. Uh, mm. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, the Trinity, unity of the Godhead. Make them one as we are one, because that's the only bona fide convincing evidence that the Father sent Jesus the Christ to mm. the earth. Amen. It's, it, it, you know, it, it trumps everything, pun not intended. It trumps everything that, you know, that we are trying to do at church, around church, in church, through church. Uh, the, the greatest thing, the, the, the greatest thing that Jesus says um, that will wow culture and wow society and get their attention is the church finally walking in unity. But it is the same as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, what, decades ago, that the uh, 10, 11 o'clock hour on Sunday morning is still the most mm-hmm. divided hour yes. racially in our country. And, and, and there are reasons for that. But yes, we, we, are, we are being challenged by what's happening politically um, in, in society, at least in this country. And I'm praying that God will use it to lovingly force us together. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, inter- it's interesting. Um, you know, we're, we're divided I think in the church by our experience, I'll just say, um, you know, faith fellowship is very diverse. And I think that's because the Bay Area experience lends itself to uh, a diverse experience. Potentially, because not every church in the Bay Area is diverse. I mean, that's a fact. That's true. And do you think that's because people choose to only be with their own people or because they have found or the own people who look like them, I should say? Um, or maybe have their same lineage, or do you think it's because they all live in the same neighborhood? Well, you know, uh, good question. It, it could be it could be a confluence of several factors, but one thing we know from uh, sociological studies is that you know birds of a feather really do gather together, and in, we find in churches that people are going to find a way to be with people who are socioeconomically like them, educationally like them. Yes, you could be color like them, um, ethnicity like them, but, but we, we don't like different. Mm-hmm. And, and, Is that but, a human thing? It's a human thing, but God calls us to different. He loves different. That's why he created diversity, because mm. he loves us being together. So, so we need to be intentional. You have to be strategic, strategic, deliberate, intentional. Yes. All right. I like where this is going. <laughs> I'm you waiting know, for Acts 1 8. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it's funny because I, I, I was at an event in the South Bay and there was a focus on uh, fighting human trafficking from uh, this international human trafficking. And I looked around the event and there was not one black person there except mm. for me. Mm. And um, it was mostly uh, Asian and white uh, uh, attendees, members of mm. the church. Mm. And I felt this unrest 
because I'll, I'll just be, I'm just going to, you know, you guys know me. I, I, I just, I just, I'm a straight shooter. I just felt like people were only interested in fighting against human trafficking that was impacting their own people. Mm. So where their own people were most impacted were in the Philippines or in Thailand or in, you know, uh, these certain countries where their 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 back where their ancestors are where their lineage comes from. But you know, but th- that's confusing to me because I was told. Correct me if I'm wrong. You all are the experts, but I was told that in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. uh, the the multitudes. Well, I mean, at least the, the majority of the percentages of ethnicity in terms of of. Uh, who the young ladies are trafficked, I was told that they, to a large extent, are African-Americans. That's right. And that's my point. That was exactly my point. I sat there and I thought, this is a very affluent church and they're sending, uh, you know, their funding and their support to other countries where their, you know, where, where their race is represented. Got it. Got it. When there are children that are in the same community of a different ethnicity yes. that are enslaved yes. right under their noses. Yes. And the question is, this was the question that came to my mind is that's not a bad thing that they want to help their mm-hmm. own people mm-hmm. or that and they want to help any people mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. But does something, do they feel a sense of ownership over the children that are here? They do not. Exactly. And so it 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 hurt my heart. And I gave the uh, leaders of that uh, that session that feedback that I felt that we needed to have more of those that are impacted by human trafficking represented in this congregation, at least on this day where we do an event. We need to have more of the local community that's impacted represented Um and I know that it would. And, and I'll just say that uh, we've been we've started doing that. And it's been a beautiful thing to watch because the, 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 we're finding ways to love each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're finding ways and we're finding. And, and, and believe me when I say when I've brought survivors there and people there uh, that are not from the same background, there's been some issues on our side, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, did she look at me funny? And right. Oh, she seemed like she would. She didn't want me to eat that. And, you know, and and, and different attitudes that spring up. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful about it, though, is that we could actually um, experience that together and talk about it. And I felt like I was kind of a bridge where I was mm-hmm. like, no, honey, she didn't look at you funny. Uh, we it's time for us to go in this other area. Mm-hmm. And they have their little process Use it mm-hmm. as a teaching, moment. you know, and, and, and so. So anyway, so, OK, we're going to take a break because <laughs> I can see where this is going. <laughs> I so appreciate you, Reverend Cleveland. And I and we will be back and we will hear more about uh, this issue of racial reconciliation and just being leaders, being leaders in the church and the community. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Uh, We want to invite you. If this is resonating with you, maybe you have a question. uh, Maybe you don't agree. That's okay, too. Um, Give us a call. We're at 844-249-2698. Or you can email me at Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. You can go to our website to learn more about us. We're at loveneverfailsus.com. And, of course, we've got a variety of Facebook and Twitter and Twitter. now we have an Instagram page and, oh, you know, we're coming up in the, in the world of social media. Um, but we have with us a special guest, uh, Reverend John Cleveland, who is uh, has been a senior pastor for over 20 years. He's the uh, founder of GG, which is a global impact um, nonprofit. And uh, he is uh, sort of taking on this issue of rec- rec- racial reconciliation um, and um, it's Bible based and taking it into um, churches and really having a rich discussion. And we were going to kind of get into the word a little bit. 
and y- kind of pull it all together, huh? Yes, yes. You know, yes, I'd, I'd like to reference Acts one and eight. Yes, and, and I, Acts one and eight is is a cornerstone for us, I believe for us for this conversation uh, to to get us to be real and to be true to be biblical, uh, to be true to the text and, and God's word. And Acts one and eight, of course, is this is prolific verse in releasing us into the, the Great Commission uh, all over the world, uh, which which the church has embraced and endorsed, and it's been fantastic. But but there are some other parts of Acts one and eight that we have been remiss mm. um, in addressing and in, in investing in, of course. Jesus says in Acts 1 and 8, of course, it's after the cross, after his crucifixion, after the grave, um, right before the, uh, the, well, after the resurrection, right before the ascension. And so you know, these are his final words to his loyal supporters and followers. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the farthest parts of the earth. And if you really, really um, dissect this verse, you see that he calls us to four components of culture and society. He calls us to Jerusalem, which is local. He calls us to Judea, which is a regional uh, outreach. And he calls us to Samaria, which is cross-cultural. And then he calls us, of course, to the uttermost parts of the earth, the farthest parts of the earth, and that is global. And, and, you know, and we have we have tried to reach our families and our loved ones, and, and we're called to do that. Absolutely. There's a mandate. And then, you know, somewhat, you know, we have tried to reach our region, but the region um, speaks of people, addresses people who look like us, act like us, genetically are similar to us, um, academically similar to us, socioeconomically similar to us, uh, and then also to the world. But it's the Samaria part. That, that we have dropped the ball completely, and therefore we have not fulfilled the Great Commission, all of it, all of it, because we leap, we leap from the regional focus into a global focus, and, and even as, as you all were uh, referencing the, the meeting that you went to and, and, and you found, I think it was Benita that found that there were no African Americans represented and that all, all of the the uh, investment was going overseas, and, and thank God they were, uh, sh- shall we say, looking after uh, their regional interests. Absolutely important. It's right here in this verse. But what about Samaria? What about the people that don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't eat like us, don't live like us, don't are not educated like us. Uh, and these are the people that Jesus also commands us to deliberately, strategically, intentionally reach. Amen. Love it. Woo! And, and, and this is the cross-cultural ministry, the cross-cultural love that, that the church in America has done very little about. Yes. It's rare to find a church that is actively invested uh, in cross-cultural ministry. We do great missions work overseas. We even try to reach again people that are like us. But it, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's, it, it's as, as Al Gore might say, an inconvenient truth for us mm-hmm. to look at cross-cultural ministry as a biblical as a messianic mandate. As a messianic mandate. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I, I pray for, well, even praying is, is, I mean, that's not, I shouldn't say even. And praying is great. Anything. We, 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 we sort of check a box locally mm-hmm. is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, our heart pours out. To those that are like us, mm-hmm. whether they're global or, you know, or like, as you said, regional mm-hmm. uh, or local, it's the one that's like us. And, and I and I'm just as guilty. I got to tell you, you I, I mean, the people that love never fails tends to work with are people that tend to look like me. Um, but I know that he's called us to uh, to everyone. And so I'm very intentional, very intentional 
about, you know, when I, uh, I, I went to a, um, a visit with a group that was uh, providing legal services to the Vietnamese community in Oakland and uh, the Laos, Laotian community in, in Oakland. And, um, you know, I don't speak the language. I don't, I don't know the culture, but I know I, God put a, a love in my heart for them. Mm-hmm. And I told the lady, we've, you know, the, the, the person who was over their legal firm, uh, we got to work together. We've got to figure out how to help more of these women that are being trafficked in a different way. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not out on the blade. Right. Like the girls that I'm used to ministering to that right. happen to look mostly like me right. are out on the blade. These girls are being sold by family members right. or being moved around in brothels and right. things like that. And um, or they're being labor trafficked and sex trafficked yep. at the same time in yep. restaurants and in, you know, and, and salons. Do, salons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do I have a heart for that? Mm-hmm. Do I even care or am I only after my own? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And, and but I have to be intentional because there is a lot of my own. Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, and I use that loosely because I really don't identify in the, in a way that norm, like a lot of people do. Right. I'm, I'm uh, mainly because I'm interracial, so I have all this multiplicity thing going already in 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 my 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 experience, my family of origin. But even there, even even with a person like me, there's still this inclination to go towards somebody that looks like you. Mm-hmm. Or that has your same social economic background or what, you know, what have you. Uh, I was actually talking uh, with a, a, an advocate on the phone um, earlier today, and I'd love to get your take on this, Reverend. Um, uh, she was explaining to me it was it was bothering her. She had met with this woman who was very affluent and had said that she was inspired to um, get uh, get involved in the fight against human trafficking uh, while she was sitting in a bubble bath. In her backyard. And uh, Benita just rolled her eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and see, and, and that was her reaction mm. because she came from a humble beginnings. Mm. And she told the lady, you cannot tell that story mm. because people will roll their eyes and they will be disgusted that you were sitting in the back of in your backyard in a bubble bath. And this epiphany came to you that you were going to help these women. And I said, you cannot tell her she cannot tell that story mm-hmm. because there's a lot of women sitting in bubble baths mm-hmm. in backyards that are equipped to do this work. Yep. And how dare we say that they cannot minister to their own people. Right. Right. That have had their experience and yet at the same time still be aware of the way that what you're saying makes me feel somebody who had no bath, Mm -hmm. much less a bubble bath Mm -hmm. in the backyard. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So what do you take? What do you take from that? Uh, I hear your, mm, 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 I know something, (laughs) something's coming. (laughs) No, I mean, we, we absolutely are called to reach people that look like us, act like us, talk like us, educate like us, read like us, vacation like us. We are called to challenge them. We are called to um, be a witness. And this, and this is the very term Jesus uses. You will be my witnesses. Mm. I want you to represent me. As, as they may say in urban setting, I want you to represent yeah. That that we are called to be there, uh, but it's in all the venues. It's not just in one, but but yes, certainly for her that would be her Jerusalem or maybe her Judea, reaching women like her who are in the hot tub, you know, whatever, taking a bubble bath, whatever the case may be, uh, and and that we are called to challenge them. We are called to be an example. We are called to mentor them. Mm-hmm. And to model that this is the way you do this. You get up out of your bubble bath and you go down, you know, to North Oakland mm-hmm. and you, you, you get to work. Right. Uh, and and you, you pour out your life. That's what Jesus calls us to do. I mean, and, and that's what Jesus got in trouble doing all the time. Mm. He was always with the wrong crowd. Mm. He, he, is that he why we're not, always in trouble? <laughs> that was why he was always in trouble. The, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the church leadership uh, was fit to be tied because he was always with people. Getting too common were, with those that, wrong people. Exactly. That, that were beneath him. Mm. And oh. they said, come on, you're making us look bad. 
Mm. You're making our group look bad. We're not comfortable mm -hmm. with right. you being a, a teacher like us, a master like us, uh, and, and, and you know, here you are with these people that are lowlifes. Yeah. I just shared that this morning with a classmate. Wow. Who's struggling with um, supporting his sister because they're, they're differences in belief. Yeah. And, but I just admonish him to let love yeah. be the lead. The love of Christ compels yeah. us to love. Yes. Okay, we have to take a break really quick. We'll come right back. Um, and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails Again. We are in the studio today with Reverend John Cleveland, uh, who is a wealth of knowledge in the topic of racial reconciliation and otherwise. Uh, I could just tell there's just a lot going on there. Um, a founder of GG, which is a nonprofit, global impact nonprofit that is um, going out and preparing leaders in, in these, in these uh, sensitive areas, these areas where we're challenged as outlined in Acts we're challenged to go and um, and reach Samaria, to go and reach Judea, right? And to and to be um, God, to be Jesus, be intentional, be intentional. And so you were saying uh, th this issue of uh, uh, religion has come up with mm -hmm. some students. Yes. And uh, and you said, let love lead. I want, yeah. I want to hear more about that. Well, in my class, it was a prayer request, actually, from a classmate who had a, a difficult, he, it was difficult for him, situation, mm -hmm. choice to make, mm -hmm. whether to um, abide by his sister in, in, in standing with her in her choice mm -hmm. or to take a stand and not support her. And I, my, I know from his request where he was tending to lead, but in, in his ask, I really felt, um, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just what um, Pastor Reverend was saying in the last segment about Jesus went into those places that the others were saying, what is he doing here? Oh, ooh, you can't go there. Don't you know that she's this or she's that? And my challenge to my classmate was. But we know that Jesus went into those places mm -hmm. and Jesus did. He may have been, you know, it may have been against what others may have wanted him to do, but he did it. Yeah. And so let love be your guide, yeah. not your head, so to speak. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I think that there are places and, and specifically in uh, certain environments, like this past week, my son had his, uh, he, he, uh, that's right. He had his first concert. Mm -hmm. um, he's a rapper, a mm -hmm. uh, secular rapper, and uh, the name of his t group is The Lost Boys. And, um, you know, so his rap songs have cussing on it and they're, you know, glorifying a lifestyle mm -hmm. that I don't mm -hmm. I don't get down with mm -hmm. anymore, mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Notice I said anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded at first I wasn't promoting what he was doing because I'm like, I'm not that's not me. And I don't I don't want people to think that I'm um, endorsing right. what you're talking about. But then he was like, it doesn't feel good, mom, that you're not, you know, telling people what I'm doing. Mm. And this is a really important time in my life. And we have that kind of relationship. And I, I prayed about it. And what I realized is that at his very age, I was I was on the in the club scene. Mm -hmm. I was singing. I mm -hmm. was I was in front mm -hmm. and doing these different things. Um, that were not for the Lord. And um, and so who am I to uh, shun him? Mm -hmm. I got to believe that it's going somewhere. Right. And so I, I, you know, I think we get into these places where we um, where we can either judge, mm -hmm. you know, or we can. And, and we have to be careful with our own spiritual walk, because if you're not strong enough to go into that place, like right. I was in there and let me tell you, there was some smoking going on and there was some stuff going on. And if I was on the fence about trying to stop smoking, mm -hmm. I, that wouldn't be a place for me to be. Right. So you have to really know wh who you are and mm -hmm. where you are. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when he calls us to go to Samaria, right, 
uh, or go to wherever we're going, mm-hmm. um, we have to use wisdom, mm. you know, when when we're doing that work. That's true. If you, ha- you know, if you're someone who's struggling with pornography and struggling with all kinds of, um, you know, um, sexual perversion, going into a brothel probably isn't the place where you need to be just yet, you know, in the, you know, so, so interesting though, but, but all of this is kind of, I think the way that it all intertwines is how does, um, you know, as we're challenging ourselves, I think that's the way I bring it back to, to this message as we're challenging ourselves to be intentional about going into these places. Um, let's be aware of who we are, what we're called to mm-hmm. and, um, and, and listen for, for God's instruction as we go. How do you, so tell me more, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in your church and let's say your church is mono, you know, everyone looks like you acts like you comes from the same background as you, Reverend uh, Cleveland. Um, and you decide, I want to go and, and be intentional about what we're doing, what I'm, I, I'm doing. I want to let love lead. What do, what do I do? Well, I mean, uh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Number one, I believe it's important to just look around because if you live in the Bay Area, at least, uh, and in many of our urban centers, uh, they're very, very, very diverse now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we used to have the mandate to go to the nations. Hello, the nations have come to us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not difficult to find people that are cross-culturally radically different from you are. Uh, and, you, uh, and I would just mention that an area that is always needful for us uh, is to do children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Always, because, because, you know, in a lot of churches, for some reason, you will find a lot of diversity ethnically. Uh, you know, where the friends invite friends, you know, neighbors invite neighbors, you know, kids, kids don't have the hangups that we have until they are, of course, indoctrinated later on in life. Right. But, but, you know, up, you know, early on kids will, will befriend kids look very, very differently because, you know, kid just wants to play. The kid just wants to have, have a friend. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus was rebuked by not the, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the lawyers. He was rebuked by his disciples in one instance in the book of Mark because, because uh, children were coming to Jesus to be blessed. And, and Jesus had the audacity to stop his important ministry and start blessing the children. Mm-hmm. And, and the disciples took him the task. They said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. In other words, relegate that, delegate that to somebody else. I mean, it's a bunch of snotty old little dirty kids, right? Right. <laughs> you have bigger fish to fry. And, and yet Jesus says, you, you, you don't get it. He says literally, this is why I came. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, so even even investing in children's ministry and, 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 and invariably there will be kids that will be different from your kids, kids that are different from the ones that are maybe in your neighborhood. And you, you can you can begin to let love lead with just children. Hmm. Oh, that's good. And, 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 and that can take you, you know, into many other areas from there. But we can we can just simply look at the young ones that God, by his grace, has placed in our lives all around us. And there's probably the call of God there somewhere. Mm, yeah, I love that. You know, it's it's so funny. So um, I'm a, I'm a I'm a data person, and um, I was looking at um, California's stats around um, uh, elementary, well, around truancy. Um, you know, um, chronic absenteeism is now the new terminology, um, and the highest level of chronic absenteeism is actually in kindergarten. And in our state, and it is, I want to say, something like three times an African-American child is three times uh, more often uh, chronically absent and um, and and very like like more than 18 days, something like twice. 18 days is considered chronic absenteeism. And so something like 36 days absent from school. And then you look at the reading, um, the statistics about, you know, uh, ability to read, and you see that African-American students are extremely challenged, uh, much more than their, uh, you know, other racial counterparts in terms of ability to read um, by third grade. And we know third grade is a marker 
If you can't b- read by third grade, uh, statistically speaking, there are many other things that are, that are predicted, mm-hmm. including prison. Um, and exploitation is another. And so if you look at the data, you begin to connect all these dots. And so I've been encouraging people who don't, they're like, I can't go out on the street and like go minister to people that are being exploited or go into a house and deal with people. being exploited. I can't do that. But, but I've challenged them, start a reading club mm-hmm. in your community. And um, and and here's here's one interesting thing. I I actually have a, a volunteer that um, has been tutoring some of our ladies. But you know what's interesting is when you come from a family that is chronically absent. Guess what? They don't come to the meeting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They don't come to the reading club. Yeah. So guess what you got to do? You got to go, go to, to them. them. Yep. You got to do a mobile reading club. Mm-hmm. How about you just how about you just go and get a, a rocking, a portable rocking chair mm-hmm. and go bring that into somebody's living room mm-hmm. every couple of days, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, go to them. I mean, what, how powerful would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, well, maybe maybe a starting place for most people, because I don't know if a lot of people have the courage. You all mentioned three C's courage yeah. to go take a rocking place into someone's home that <laughs> culturally very, very different. But, yeah. but you know, maybe go to a community center, go to the mm-hmm. local Y, go mm-hmm. to the library, community library. And, and volunteer. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, get, get up out of your bubble bath and go and volunteer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If, if nothing else, you will bring a wonderful aroma to the set, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it's, 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 but up, but. it's important to do something. It's, it's important to, you know, you know, go to your church and ask, you know, what, what are we mm-hmm. doing to reach people in the community? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can I get plugged in? How can I support? How can I help? Mm-hmm. Uh, something will happen that will be fantastic. Uh, the, the, the scriptures say that, that uh, when, whenever Jesus... A followed compassion. There are a few times in Scripture where it says that the, the compassion of the Lord was present, or compassion led him, directed him. There was always a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, mm-hmm. that that road he took always produced something phenomenal that blessed people. And if we would just get up and go forward, and, you know, God will lead. It's, it's as they say, it's easier for God to direct and lead a moving car than one that's parked. Mm. Yes. Come on. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. Oh, this is getting so good. Um, I just want to encourage you. Give us a call. Uh, jump in on this. What do you think? What are you going to do? Tell us. 844-249-2698. We thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today just having a rich conversation with Reverend Cleveland about racial reconciliation. But it feels like we've even had a a religious reconciliation talk, a a youth reconciliation, you know, because I think what's interesting, and I I was talking to somebody about it uh, yesterday uh, who was I talking? Oh, Deacon uh, Earl Jacobs over at uh, Market Street Adventist Church. He was he and I were kind of going on about um, uh, we need to get back to love. Hmm. And how can we how can you really care about human trafficking and you don't love hmm. the people in your house? Hmm. Hmm. You know, wow. you, you don't love your community. Hmm. You don't just bump into people at Safeway and go. I don't know why, but this person buying squash next to me, I just love them. Mm. I just want to say hi. Mm. I just, oh, I noticed that little boy looks so sad. I wonder what he's sad about. Mm. It's a, it's a commitment. It's a position in your heart to be, uh, it's, it's, it's a commitment to reconciliation, isn't it, Reverend? It is. It is a a strong call and it it does come from the heart. Uh, And that's where God looks. Um, everything that's important to God uh, originates in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so, 
a few things. I want to make a couple of announcements, and then I want to talk about some events that are going on. Actually, Benita, if you could help me out with some of the details. Um, our announcement is this. So two and a half years ago, uh, we started Abolition Radio. Uh, it really is the brainchild of Pastor Dave Niederhood, who was just um, an amazing leader and um, innovative thinker, creative, innovative soul. <laughs> and uh, he is actually in Bali at the moment uh, doing some amazing work there. But this this is his baby. And um, I've just been honored to be able to be that that broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Um, but what we have decided as we are going into the next year, we are we are hoping and praying that we will um, have some um, organizations come alongside us to support us as we bring our program to the nation to, to a nationwide audience. And, um, you know, I'm just sort of speaking that into it's not a set in stone, but we're believing that we're going to go national and we are going to be rebranding this this uh, radio show at that time at the beginning of January. We're going to become Love Never Fails Radio. And part of that uh, for me has been that really central to Love Never Fails is love. That is our core message. And and uh, I want to like this conversation, which is really uh, human trafficking is part of it, but uh, it is. Uh, more about the condition of your heart. And so I want to stay sort of very much connected to that message, even in the the way in which we um, talk about who we are as a radio show. So that is sort of the reason for that. But I will tell you that um, I love the Abolition Radio Charter, um, the mission, and that will carry on. And uh, Dave will actually carry that on later next year. He will be relaunching uh, that program and we will be totally aligned and in support of one another um, as we move into this new next phase. And I got to tell you, um, you know, God's in it. Talk about reconciliation. Mm -hmm. When you go to people and you have a discussion about, I want to change brands and I want to this and that. And Mm -hmm. people, you're thinking someone's going to get their feelings hurt and they're, you know, thinking, oh, you know, you're going to be upset and it's all a love fest. Yep. You know, God is in it. Yep. And I just love that. So. Um, and that's exactly what it was. So I'm super excited. Um, January 1 will be Love Never Fails Radio. Be looking for Abolition Radio to relaunch on podcasts in, uh, a few months later. And, um, and so that's what's going on for us. And, uh, and then of course, uh, we, we, we really want to encourage you to give us some feedback. Um, you know, let us know what your thoughts are about the way that we've been running the program, the topics that we talk about. We want to know that you're out there listening and that this is, this program is a blessing to your life. So call us. We're at 844-249-2698. And you can also jump on our, um, page our uh, Facebook page, Love Never Fails. Uh, and of course, email us. Uh, we're here and we'd love to hear from you. Okay, Benita, you've got some stuff going on. Yes. Well, as I mentioned early, earlier, I met Reverend Cleveland at um, one of our Courageous Community Collaborators, Gateway. Yes. And um, Gateway has been having a series of racial con- reconciliation forums, mm-hmm. and they have another one coming up here really soon. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Wednesday, December 6th, correct? Yeah, 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. at yep. Gateway on Edenvale in yep. San Jose, in South San Jose. 8883 Eden Park Place. 6883 Eating Park Place. You How heard about it. 5883. 58. Oh, 58. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Eating Park Place, San Jose, California, 95138. You can Google. Yes. Or and wave. My question is, will you be there? Reverend? I will be there. I'll be presenting. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and it is going to be phenomenal. Uh, we have not just me sharing, but we have some magnificent interactive exercises where we Great. want people to leave with skills. And will it be a con- uh, like a part two of what you did before or? Well, this is actually going to be part three. So you did do the last one. OK. Yes. All right. All right. And can you tell us more about you have a workshop coming up? Called, yes, we do. Blessings, uh, called a blessings, a seminar, blessings, generations. Blessings, generations. Yes. Uh, we we partner with a, a 
organization called Family Foundations International out of Colorado and led by Craig and Jan Hill. And they have these uh, phenomenal weekend seminars uh, where they go into local churches or, or companies, organizations, and they, they hold these seminars that, that are video taught, but after each session there is a small group time, and people have a chance to engage the topic and go really deep in their hearts. And we have, we have found nothing more transformative in people's lives. They have an uncanny ability and knack to get to people's hearts. And, and my wife and I are convinced that unless we speak to people's hearts, we're wasting our time. There will be no change. Right. Je- Jesus was emphatically clear. All behavior originates in the heart. Right. We do a lot of time talking to people's intellects. We do a lot of time, um, you know, going through, you know, gyrations mentally. Uh, but, but until we can, by God's grace, change people's hearts or allow God to change people's hearts so that their behavior changes, uh, race, race, racism will always be a problem. Um, human trafficking will always be a problem. We, we will have the problems we have. Nothing's going to change. And this seminar uh, is just, just, I believe just graced of God to help people. This Blessing Generation Seminar talks about the seven times when a child should have received a blessing mm. and what happens if they do and what happens if they don't. But uh, people always are, are have to come to terms with their own lives and, and God's grace is there to love on everybody. It's, it's never uh, condescending, never put down. It's, it's, in fact, it's the most uplifting, dignifying process I've personally ever experienced. Wow, that is powerful. So those that particular forum or seminar is yes. coming up in Fremont at Fremont Community, correct? Yes. Well, On- actually, it's going to be at Calvary Chapel. Okay. Calvary Chapel, and it's going to be on um, January 5 and 6, the first weekend of the year. Yes. So it's the evening the 5th and all day on the 6th. And uh, Calvary Chapel is located at 42986 Osgood Road, Fremont, again, 94539. Uh, it's a 12-hour experience. Uh, people will be thrilled. They will, they will want to kiss my feet afterwards. I mean, everyone has been enthralled with what God did to them and, and the, the overflow, the spillover for their families. It's immediate. It's instantaneous. It, I mean, it's truly miraculous. And also, if, if people are on the East Coast, we're holding, we'll be leading one also in Cambridge. Okay. And that will be January uh, 26 and 27, I believe it is, that, that, that uh, last weekend of January at a church called Pentecostal Tabernacle, and it is 77 Columbia Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, and so you know, we, will, we will also be there, uh, whatever that last Friday and Saturday is yes. uh, of, of January. But you know, we are super, super, super. It's the 26th and 27th. 26, 27, perfect. So yes, right. yes okay. you are. We will, we will connect you again um, in our event segment coming up. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving us that information. And so you heard it here. If you want to get involved, um, do it. You heard all the, the dates. We'll go over them again in our event segment. But reach out to us at loveneverfailsus.com. Let us know what you think. If you have questions, hook us up right there. And we'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Thank you, and welcome back to Abolition Radio. I just want to say thank you to Reverend Cleveland for your time today, your great insight, your motivation to all of us, the listening audience, as well on just being you, being real, sharing the love of Christ. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And to be here. can you remind our listening audience one more time in a little bit of time we have left about your uh, Blessings Generation seminar coming up in January? Yes, uh, we have two of them. And one is in the Fremont area, one Fremont specifically. It will be uh, January 5 and 6. Uh, you can uh, look at us in Facebook, John Chandler Cleveland, uh, or Global Impact Group Incorporated on Facebook and get all the details. But it's going to be Calvary Chapel in Fremont, California. Also, the end of January, 
Uh, we will be in Cambridge, Massachusetts at Pentecostal Tabernacle doing the same seminar, 26 and 27. And you can go to their website also, PentecostalTabernacle.org. Or actually, Pentecostal Tabernacle, the website is whatever it is, but it's there. But there's one thing I want to mention really fast. Uh, if you really want someone much more articulate than me, much more, um, much more anointed than me, much more eloquent, much more lucid, um, and much more dynamic, you you uh, you want to listen to and uh, Google it and read about my daughter, Dr. Christina Cleveland. Uh, that's C H. R I S T E N A. She hasn't forgiven me yet. So, but but uh, she's written a book, uh, uh, Disunity in Christ. Wow. Uh, she's a phenomenal speaker. She'll help you with practical ways to get started. Okay, great. I will definitely look that up. And thank you once again so so much. And if you're here locally in the San Jose area, he will be at Gateway City Church um, this coming Wednesday at seven o'clock. So, love never fails. This is the first Sunday of the month today and tomorrow. So we encourage you to pray for your city, not my city prayer. Join us at eight o'clock, just praying in your city right where you are. And don't forget our career closet at Double Portion at 22580 Grand Street. We would love to have suits and clothes for the population there. And come out to hear uh, Vanessa at Freedom Saturday on the 27th of January as well at Market Street Adventist Church in Oakland. If you did not get anything today, please know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.